magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Good morning. It is Thursday, July 27th. It's five minutes after 11. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad that you're joining us today. You can find us both on Twitter. He's at Rob M. Kendall and I am at Casey Daniels 317. Of course, you can watch. We're streaming live on YouTube right now. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. What are you going to do if you ever move? What are you talking about? Well, your handle says 317. Oh, you can change that. You can? Yeah, you can change your handle. No kidding. Yeah, on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. No kidding. It's it's tied to the email. It's That's just the profile oh, name. Oh, I see. Yeah. As long as somebody doesn't have the handle that you want. Correct. Yeah. But I have no plans on moving, so I don't know why you're trying well, to kick just, me out I, the door. I just always like, wonder. dude, I just bought a house a year well, ago. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, people that will do things related to specific jobs, mm-hmm. should, and full disclosure, as many of our longtime listeners know, I know uh, nothing about technology. I can barely use a cellular telephone. Uh, I did get very good grades in typing in high school. But uh, other than that, so I did not know you could actually change your... uh, Did they teach you to type with your thumb? Because that's really what you're using these days. Isn't that wild? I was thinking about that the other day. And maybe we can have somebody call in. Do they still even teach... Typing? Do they still teach... Because that was a big deal. And I did not graduate in the Stone Age, right? In, In this millennium i graduated high school mm-hmm. and that was senior year took mm-hmm. typing yeah i mean it was kind of a throwaway class pretty hard to screw up typing but i mean you, you had to do the test and you had to type i did it in college casey really they were they offered it was a college course that they offered too and as you know as a general studies major my job was to find as many easy classes as possible and typing was one of those and you had to do it and you'd go into the computer center and uh yeah i do they even teach typing anymore well it is the first day of school for many students within our uh, community so i'm curious if they're still typing is there still home ec is there still shop class woodworking how many they uh, had those classes when i was in school how many kids right now what percentage of let's say a high school senior so let's take the upper echelon not younger kids but high school seniors what percentage of high school seniors right now if you put a check in front of them <laughs> but they could, know how to write a could check, actually fill properly out, fill out the check fill out a check or address an envelope well, oh that was my fault it was going to you read my mind it was going to be the follow-up of mm-hmm. wh- okay let's put them together let's parlay if we were using a sports <laughs> betting term what percentage let's parlay them together they got to be able to get them both right what percentage of high school seniors could both write a check mm-hmm. and fill out an envelope properly and to your mom's chagrin properly write a letter as well yeah i don't want to put a big burden on them i want to just the nuts and bolts of an envelope mm-hmm. and 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 a check. I'm saying maybe 20%. You think so? I, I, let's go back to when I was working at the golf course. Um, and I had that conversation with a high school senior who was who got their check and they were looking at it and the check stub that comes with it and it might have and it might as well have been hieroglyphics. And I just looked at her, not to be insulting or anything else, it was just us sitting in there and I said, "Do you understand?" 
this. Do you understand how the government is taking your money? Because I could tell she was wanting to learn. Like, she was very curious what the information was. Sure. And I thought, well, it's, she's a senior. She has to have known. And then she goes, no, I have no idea what any of this is. Well, especially if that was her first job. But, but I said, I said, you mean like you don't know, like, what don't you understand? She's none of it. I have no idea. And within 10 minutes, I had educated her on what FICA was and, mm-hmm. you know, year to date and all. But it's like, how is the public education system? Oh, and by the way, this is a person that went to the supposed number one school system in the state, Brownsburg. Mm-hmm. How could someone be 18 years old and not be able to understand the back of a check? Ugh. What is the number one school system doing that you don't understand the basics of how to re- how to read your check stub? Well, they're teaching her to how to be diversified because <laughs> I thought and the, inclusive, I thought not, the, not real world things. When I was in school, Casey, they told me, and that was a lie, but they at least lied to me that they said the goal of this education is to prepare you to enter the real world. Mm-hmm. I specifically had multiple teachers tell me that. If the goal is to enter the real world, how is it possible? Because Brownsburg is number one. Of course, the number one school system also has employees who force kids to eat vomit. But, you know, uh, how is it possible that they don't teach kids how to understand a paycheck? Well, I'm curious, how many times have you ever used algebra since graduating high school? You use that on a daily basis, don't you? None. None, exactly. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, It's 10 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about Ron DeSantis for a bit. Uh, His campaign raised more than $20 million in the first six weeks that he was in the race. They burned through a lot of it, $8 million right out of the get-go. A lot of travel, a big staff large security detail and now the DeSantis campaign is cutting. They have laid off 28 of their staffers. They're going to try and streamline operations and they think that that's going to put DeSantis in the strongest position to win this primary. It's a very hard position to be in, to be in a race that very early on it appears at best you're in a colossally uphill battle. Mm -hmm. At worst you have no chance. And in the case of DeSantis, he has run into a guy that for whatever reason, people have some undying allegiance to, which you should never do that with a political candidate, whether it's Trump, Biden, or anyone else. Their their allegiance should be to you, not your allegiance to them. They should earn your vote every single day. But no matter what the guy does, despite his incredible record of actual governance and he's running against a guy who has sketchy at best record on governance being trump there's just some weird thing where no matter what he does not only do people not move away from trump they're angry at you for even challenging trump Mm -hmm. and that is a terrible position to be in and it's it really is not good as a society that we punish people for even trying to run for public office well and his campaign is you know called the great america comeback he's going to help us with our great america comeback he needs to have the great campaign comeback because at this point in iowa he's only polling at 13 percent whereas trump is sitting at 42%. So there's a long road to hoe. Well, and somebody made a good point the other day. I forget where I read this, which is when you're the other guy, mm-hmm. if you don't make a move, then suddenly people start going, well, you were, it's a game of expectations. And the expectation for Ron DeSantis was he was going to be the other guy. And while he made it eclipse Trump right away, in very short order, it'll be a two-horse race, and these guys are going to be, he's going to be within striking distance, and he's going to be where he can have a moment on the debate stage, and voila, DeSantis is the guy. It has not happened. And when the expectation is it will happen, then people start looking at, well, who, if I am a not-Trump person, 
who is the person by which it might happen with. And once they move off of you, mm-hmm. they're not coming back. And that is the danger for Ron DeSantis right now. He's been the other guy for a month and a half that he's been in this race, and he has made no movement in terms of being able to chip away at Donald Trump. Do you think the expectations were placed on him? They were too high from the get-go? I think people, and I am one of them, underestimated the public, the the Republican publics. Boy, that's, a very, again, a very Austin Powers thing. The Republican primary voter. How about that? Yeah. They underestimated the Republican primary voters' willingness to not waver off of Donald Trump no matter what. Yeah. He was speaking with uh, Clay Travis on OutKick the other yeah. day. And they were talking about RFK Jr. And DeSantis said that he he's, he's talking about running mates. I mean, dude, you got to win the primary first. Right. But they were talking about running mates. And he said that he would not choose RFK Jr. as a running mate to be vice president. But there are other positions that he would consider him for. Yes, the medical stuff, I'm very good on that. So that does appeal to me, but there's a whole host of other things that he'd probably be out of step with. And so on that regard, it's like, okay, if you're president, you know, sick him on the FDA if he'd be willing to serve or sick him on CDC. Uh, but in terms of being Veep, if there's, you know, 70% of the issues that he may be averse to our base on, you know, that just creates an issue. So Mike Pence said, when I am president... <laughs> yes, Mikey. Yes, Mikey, when you're president. Yes, go on. Keep going. He's competent. <laughs> when I am president, I'm sure I'm let me let me back up. I'm surprised he didn't throw in a by the grace of God when I am president, because he likes to say that a lot. But he said, when I am president, I will only consider pro-life Americans to lead FDA, CDC or HHS. Do you think Mike Pence will apply for his job? His old Back job here, you think he's going to sit right do there? Th- do you th- I mean, now our ratings are much better than Pence's were because he was a mediocre host, although he was a better radio host than he was a politician. Well, I think talk radio has evolved even since when Mike Pence was here, yeah, sitting in that very, very chair. I think that's a very fair, uh, it's a very fair assessment. Unless look, he's got cue cards, could he keep up? Well, it, 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 <laughs> look, here's the problem with this. There is all sorts of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. clips, quotes... Mm-hmm. Etc. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can easily find them, find them yourself related to climate, etc. Where he is a far left lunatic. And because these people like him on one thing, oh, it'd be great if we had this unity ticket. Oh, it'd be great if he was heading this agency or that agency. There's a lot more to heading agencies than just one thing. And it's ridiculous to think that you would want somebody like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who has a long track record when he wasn't running for public office of utter disdain for conservatives to be in a to be a, a cabinet level person or a very high ranking public official in your administration. OK, now Vivek Ramaswamy has said that he would definitely pardon Trump if need be. Uh, Ron DeSantis has never really come out and said that, but he alluded to it here. I think you said on our show before you'd look at pardoning all the January 6th. Well, my, my view, I mean, with respect to like, you know, do we really think it's good for the country to have an almost 80 year old former president in prison? Like, is that is that going to be good for us to come together? Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the thing. It's like 
you know, there's divisions in this society, but there is some opportunity, I think, to, to, to come together on some things. But it's like when, when all this is going on, that makes it very difficult. So, um, you know, I look back at like like Nixon pardoning Ford. He took a lot of heat for it, but I think it was the right decision to just move the country beyond right. that. And, you know, they could have tried to got a pound of flesh out of Nixon. And it wasn't that Nixon was above the law. It was just weighing how does that, you know, provide fissures to society, you know, f for this. But um it's a type of thing where, in terms of ending weaponization, I think, you know, wielding pardon power is definitely part of it. Okay. Yes, you caught the mistake, didn't you? Yeah. but He said fine. Nixon pardoned Ford. That's fine. It's the everybody, other way around. Everybody has a slip. I'm not yep. going to hold that against him. We knew what he meant. Uh, okay. One other thing I did want to play before we go to a, a break. And then we've got so many calls on Shreve from yesterday. I thought maybe we might do the phone calls next, if okay. that's all right. Yep. Uh, he said uh, Fauci should be prosecuted. If you were president, do you think Fauci should be prosecuted? Yes. I mean, he, he's, he is guilty of lying before Congress. I mean, give me a break. Now, here, this raises an issue that, that you, you know, when I, when I look at kind of, you know, how do you get good policy to stick, whatever, what are, what are kind of the pressure points? One of the problems we have in D.C. is if you're part of the swamp, like they tried to do that guy, Durham tried to do that guy and prosecute him. He got yep. acquitted. Because he, he has to be in Washington, D.C. with an awful jury pool. D.C., right. So the D.C., that area jury pool um, is people like Fauci would be protected in that. That'd be a huge, huge hurdle. I'm not saying it's not justified to go ahead, but that'd be a huge hurdle. Flip side, it's like, you know, you're a Republican, you're jaywalking. Oh, man, they're going to they're gonna get you. They're going to go after you. So, so that that and what I think what I've said that we should do is a defendant, American defendant in D.C. should have the right to remove the case to their home district. Oh, so like if they idea. tried to ding you, you could move it to Nashville. Right. And I get what is this middle district of Tennessee yeah. or Northern district? So you could do that and then do it. And I just and think, by the way, I think they're going to ding me for something. There you go. Point. You I never you never presume, know. Right? I know. You know, that's it. Well, you know, if, if, if I get elected, we'll end weaponization. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. But yeah, they, they, yeah, that's the direction they're going. So you have. So you have a, just an imbalance and accountability where if you want to hold the swamp accountable, man, they have the ability to nullify yeah. that accountability. Very, very bad. Uh, all right, let's take a break. We got a whole bunch of calls on the Jefferson Shreve interview, and I wanted to make sure we got through as many of them as possible. And I, I thought we came up with a few that kind of gave the general mood mm -hmm. of the public at large from yesterday. Sounds good. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails brought to you by qc kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN i'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine and it's that portion of the program where we turn these very powerful airwaves over to you and get your thoughts. 317-684-8444 with Kendall and Casey on yes. 93 WIBC. Yes, 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 it is Henry Lee Summer Day as well, because coming up here in just a little bit, we're going to uh, chat with the great Hoosier rocker Henry Lee Summer. By the way, mm -hmm. 
I was just informed Henry Lee Summers actually playing on the square in Danville on September the 16th. Nice. So you going to go? Maybe if we suck up to him in this interview and we wow him with our charm, I guess the Danville Chamber of Commerce is having some sort of something. So how could maybe they'll have me introduce him on the stage yeah. if this interview goes well. Come to the stage live. We were told Henry is a big fan of our mm-hmm. show. He does mm-hmm. listen to our show. He actually knows who we are, which is wild that like it really summer is Somebody listening to Somebody would us. know who you are. That uh, is weird. And uh, <laughs> how, why would you not want Hendricks County's favorite son oh, is that you? introducing okay. uh, famed Hoosier rocker Henry Lee right. Summer. I so, think that's a good deal. Yeah, Danville Chamber of Commerce is putting that on September the, uh, the 16th. My good friend Shane, who runs the radio station in Brownsburg, told me about that. Uh, all right, phone calls. Uh, we want to do two segments here because we've got a whole bunch of calls on Jefferson Shreve, mm-hmm. our award-winning interview we did yesterday. No doubt we will be nominated for a Marconi or something Clearly. of that nature yeah. based on the interview we did. We're just going to let them roll. Uh, let's go. This is Delivery Driver Joe, and I was listening to the interview today, and Jefferson has done nothing to change my mind. I would not vote for him. Um, No way, no how. And he could pick me up on um, voting day and take me to breakfast at Wendy's and take me to the poll, and I still would not drive. (laughs) I can't even talk. And I still would not vote for him. Well, this seems to be the prevailing theme that he did not turn anybody over to his side yesterday. I think he is underestimating, and I say he, I know he has many advisors and many people helping him. I think he is underestimating how offended people were by his proposal on guns. Now, look, you can say, well, a lot of people listen to WIBC don't live in Marion County. That's true. You're right. But Even if you lost, and it's going to be more than this, because our audience is far greater than this, especially in Marion County, but even if you lost a 1,000 people, how hard are you going to have to work to make up that 1,000? You had that 1,000, right? Mm -hmm. They were there. They were there. They're already yours. And now you've got to work to get a thousand people. You've got to work real people who are you've got to work hard to get Mm -hmm. to make up for that. And I do not think I thought. And I kind of was hoping, and I know we said this with Hammer earlier, he was going to come in yesterday and we were going to have a little powwow and we were going to chat about it because he had two weeks to think about it. And he was going to say something. I didn't know what it was going to be, but the dude is maybe almost a billionaire. He clearly is very smart and works well under stress and pressure. He was going to have something in his back pocket. You were going to say, okay, now I get it. I maybe don't agree with it, but I get it. And we can all hold hands and jump off the, the bridge together, right? I don't think he had that moment yesterday. Yeah, he didn't. And you know what? One of the things that uh, Hammer asked me yesterday was about his attitude and how I felt about him and everything. And I thought, you know what? I do believe that he is genuinely concerned about Indianapolis. And you just mentioned it, that he, he doesn't have infinite money, but he is. He, well, he's got more than you or I. <laughs> But and this is something to can not hard to do, right? Uh, but this is something to consider: is that he's putting his money where his mouth is. I yeah. mean, he is paying for his mayoral campaign. So if that doesn't tell you about his passion, yeah, but it's equivalent of it's like let's say they said, Rob, you can run for governor and self fund and do everything you want to do for twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, of course I would do that because that would be a blast to be able to run television ads all over the state and radio ads and do all the crazy 
kooky, wacky stuff I'd want to do to burn the political establishment to the ground. Yes, he's putting his own money out there, mm-hmm. but it's the equivalent of Rob Kendall spending twenty dollars to run for governor. Okay, it's not, it's not like he's making some huge human sacrifice here. When you've got a lot of it? I mean, come on. No, it's great. He wants to spend it, which is why I think we were excited about him, because his infinite money gave him, you know, a real puncher's chance. And the ability to say, where was Joe Hogsett? Which he still hasn't asked. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. we got a lot more calls on Shree. we got Henry Lee Summer coming up as well. Hey, before we get to a break. Oh, yes, right. Sorry. we we got to do one more thing. Uh, we got to take care of one piece of business as I'm staring at this picture of the <laughs> Buffalo Pork and Mac. It's available at the Indiana State Fair. Rob, look at the, It's a bowl of homemade mac and cheese. People want the tickets, pork. Casey. Give away the tickets. Buffalo sauce, ranch dressing drizzled on top. It's making me hungry. 317-239-9393. That's the phone number. We're looking for caller number three. Kevin is ready to uh, take your call and make you a wiener with Kendall and Casey. On 93 WIBC. Congratulations to Steve from Greenwood. He picked up that family four pack of tickets to the Indiana State Fair from Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up in just a little bit, Henry Lee Summer is going to join the show. Yeah, uh, but first, we've got a lot more phone calls, people wanting to weigh in on Jefferson Shreve. Let's get right to them. Hi, Rob. Hi, Casey. I caught your interview today with uh, Governor Wannabe, uh, or Republican Governor Wannabe, because he's not a Republican, and he shouldn't be a governor. The guy stammered and stuttered and didn't answer one of your questions outright. And I really felt like I was watching NBC interview Joe Biden with all the softball questions. Oh. Wow. Hey, you guys ought to go back and listen to your show yesterday. I mean, my goodness. Softball, you know, softball question, softball question after softball question. You know, where was where was the old Rob where he jumped down people's throat and gave them what they wanted? Uh, I did put the first part on there deliberately that the guy who thought we sucked at interviewing also thought Shreve was running for governor. Right. So I just wanted to make that very clear. Look, we said how we were going to do it. We're going to come in. We're going to give him a fair shake. Mm-hmm. We got X amount of time. We're going to ask as many questions as we can. We believe you're intelligent enough based on asking the pertinent questions where it was relevant. We followed up with questions, and you were capable. And maybe with this guy, we've made an egregious mistake, but we believe you're smart enough to have formed your own opinions based on the information that he gave yesterday. So many people were expecting us to completely flamethrow and blast the guy. Why would he come in here to answer any questions if it was set up that way? You you know everything you need to know now after yesterday. If that makes it a softball question, Mm -hmm. then okay. But they're not softball questions. We had X amount of time. You're talking about a very complex thing. And we got you more information in 25, 25 minutes, you know, 45 with commercials than you had in the previous two weeks. You know where he stands on all the stuff. You know it's genuine. He's all in on it. You know who he talked to. You know how he formed the opinion. Right. And now you're smart enough to have the have your own opinion based on having all the information, which should be the job of an interview. What's next, Kev? Hey, it's Charlie from Indy. Three uh, this morning talking about taking the guns off the street. No, you need to get rid of the illegal guns. Send cops out into the into the streets and look around. Stop the people that have the kids that have the guns. I don't care how much uh, corporal punishment you want to put out. That's not going to deter people from killing people. 
They don't care. They're not, has nothing to do with it. Whether mirrors that prosecutes them or not, they don't care. Just my thoughts. Bye. Well, and we did ask him about that. If they weren't afraid of getting shot or going to prison, why would they be afraid of an ordinance? Right. You're absolutely right. All right. What's next, Kev? I am on the road, but I I tried to remember this uh, interview as uh, much as possible so I could listen to it uh, via stream. But uh, I just want to say, you guys, you guys, great job. Answers, you know, you ask the tough questions, and uh, I, I think he just backpedaled on a lot of things. He couldn't really come out with a straightforward answer on everything. I'm talking about Jefferson Street. And I do not live in Marion County. I do live in Morgan County, right across the county line. But right now, my neighborhood is kind of getting fearful of what's going on. And uh, I think you guys said it best here a while back. It's coming to a neighborhood near you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it just spreads out. And I do live in Marion County. But you know what? There is the point that just because you don't live in Marion County doesn't mean you're not allowed to have an opinion because many people work in Marion County. All right, real quick. Last phone call. Hey, Rob. Hey, Casey. It's Mike. Um, I would like to ask Mr. Shree, um, why would he be trying to be Joe Hogsett squared, number one, about his gun rules, and as a law-abiding gun owner, why are we being pushed back against law-abiding gun owners' guns don't grow legs and go out and shoot people. Criminals are the ones who pull the triggers. Uh, Yeah, good point. And that's where a lot of people are very angry because law-abiding gun owners feel that they are being punished. And we did ask him what his plan was to work with Ryan Mears, a prosecutor, because it's something he would have to do. If you're interested in his answer, it's up on the podcast. I've got it up on my Twitter account as well, Casey Daniels 317 Go back and listen to what his answer was. All right, when we come back, one of the all-time great Hoosier, Hoosier rock legends, Henry Lee Summer, mm-hmm. will join us. I can't wait. It's coming up next, Casey. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Such a special guest joining yeah. us today. Indie rock legend, the great Henry Lee Summer, joins us now on the drivehubler.com hotline. And, you know, Henry Lee, I'm so curious. 35 years ago, wish I had a girl. It takes the nation by storm. Did you think, hey, 35 years later, people are still going to be loving this song? <laughs> I 
Vince ain't got to live for 35 years. <laughs> How are you guys doing, all right? Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing yeah. great. You know, I'm always curious, like, great songwriters, great artists. Can you tell us about that song? That's kind of your signature staple song. What went into writing that song? And when you're putting it together, did you think, man, this is going to be a big hit? <laughs> I wrote it down in uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. We were playing at this club right on the river. And uh, Rick Bennett, my guitar player, we were walking to the club to practice, and they had all these uh, stripper clubs where you go and play or whatever, and they they dance for you in these cages or whatever. <laughs> but we, a couple of those girls walked out in front of us, and they were doing that that dance that the, that strippers know how to do that that walk. You know, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you explain <laughs> more? You know, where everything's going this and that and that and this and <laughs> up and down and all around. I I ain't trying to be vulgar enough, but you know. We, they, they, they know how to do that stuff. Well, me with my big mouth, I went, woo! And she said, wish I could have walked like that. Turned around, flipped me a bird. <laughs> we both agreed, man, that sounds like a good title for a song. So, no, I promise. Um, no, I sound like Joe Biden. I promise. No, no fool. I went in the club and like in 15 minutes wrote the song, the whole thing. When did you know this is going to be a huge hit? Was there a moment as you're recording it, you're putting it together? When did you know, hey, we got a mega hit on our hands here? Because when I, when I first played it, in the like we played that night, we had to play like three or four times because people would keep, hey, play that song again. So I knew, I knew there was something that was good. And that's always been the case. Any song that I've written that's worth listening to is just something that somehow just you know comes out. Anytime I sit down and try to write a good song, try to do anything right, and you know really take my time, it sounds like dog manure. But <laughs> just I, you know, I, I think that's the difference between like average people like myself and like Paul McCartney. I think they, I think they get that whatever that lightning is. I think it strikes a whole lot more times than than what it does for me. But it, it it's a it, it's a love hate thing because I I love writing songs when I got something that's cool or it sounds good but most of the time it's it sounds like dog manure. <laughs> Henry Lee Summers <laughs> joining us. It's Kendall and Casey. Uh, Henry Lee, so you were also credited for being the producer on that song. I'm curious, where did you actually record it? Uh, well, there's the first I recorded first on the album uh, "Time for Big Fun," which is uh, that's how I got a record deal. We uh, put that in the stores and we could prove that we sold 50,000 copies for, and for a local band to do that, that was yeah. at the time that was a, that was a big deal. That's how we got a deal because they could, we could, we could prove that we truly sold that many records. And so, uh, um, what did you ask me? <laughs> <laughs> I asked you where you recorded the song originally. Oh, recorded. Um, that's what I said. The first, that album recorded in my house, I had a mm-hmm. small studio and that was time for funny. And then uh, when I got signed, we went to New York, at the record plant and and uh, worked there with all you know, wow. big producers and all that stuff. Well, Henry Lee Summer is our guest, and the video is so great for those of us who are Hoosier lifers because much of that was shot in and outside the Vogue. Any memories of putting that now very famous music video together? Yeah. I knew uh, Bob Bailey from uh, Lafayette. He used to come in with our band, and that, that, that's Axel Rose. His band was there while we were filming our our video. He, they were making fun of make fun of me because I, I was acting pretty squirrely as usual. <laughs> but I, I, just, I, I just remember them like they shaking their heads, going, "Oh man, 
What is this? I mean, they're just kidding. They're being cool. They're, they're nice people. Our producer Kevin has a, has a question for you, Henry Lee. Hey, Henry. Uh, I just want to hey, know. Kevin. Are there um, any musicians or bands in particular that inspired you to pursue a career in music? Yeah, Paul Rogers and Free. Yeah, that nice. Like, mm-hmm. That was like the guy that I truly tried to um, stylize my voice. I never could do that, but I mean, he, I just liked the, the way that whole band was how they sounded. Like that song, All Right Now, to me, is like the best rock pop song. You know, everything about it to me is just perfect. I mean, the way he sings it, the the guitar solo, it just every time I still this day, anytime I hear that song, it's like make me want to give and just dance know, around, act like a fool. I'm <laughs> curious, Henry Lee. Henry Lee Summer is our guest. I saw you last year at an event in Avon, and you still sounded outstanding. And you know, you're well, thank you very much. Well, you're rolling right out there with the hits. Wish I had a girl, and, and you know, hands on the radio, and just all of you know, hey baby, and just all the stuff that made you famous. Do you ever get bored playing those songs or are they so special no. to you that you just say man i just no. love to play them i wish i had a lot more because <laughs> when you're playing live and, and it's a you know when you play songs you want the people to enjoy them so um yeah i wish i had a lot more hit <laughs> songs to make it make it a lot easier but you know people ask me all the time now i know the only time i don't like playing those songs is if i'm playing somewhere where it's not it doesn't happen much anymore, but every once in a while you get to a club or a place that doesn't like your style of music, so there's nothing you can do about it. And yeah. when, you, when that happens, you just got to plow on through and say that say they're expecting a, a heavy metal or something band, and you're and, you know that's we're nothing like that. So that's the only time I don't enjoy playing the songs when people are disappointed. Yeah, those people don't read the marquee. Well, you have been on stage with a lot of famous people. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Eddie Money, the Doobie Brothers, Chicago, Don Henley, Robert Palmer, John Mellencamp. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's you. Um, okay, so Richard Marks, 38 Special, Cheap Trick, the list goes on and on. You've shared the stage with a lot of people. You've played for Farm Aid before. Um, so I'm going to ask you, do you have any drama or dirt or tea you want to spill about any of these artists that you have toured with that most people don't hey, know? I have, I have a whole lot of stuff I could tell you, but I probably wouldn't. <laughs> no, I would never tell you. <laughs> he put it in the vault. I know all kinds of stuff. But I'll tell, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you stuff I can tell you. Unbelievably, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was I was on tour with him. I wouldn't just play with him. I mean, we, we, we'd go out for like two or three months with each group. And I was on tour constantly for, you know, at least at least a decade, and it, and the the hardest partying band is not who you think it'd be. Cause it's I, not Guns N' Roses, I, huh? Is it Guns N' Roses? No, <laughs> Chicago. Oh what? yeah, what? I can't believe that band. That band. Got, <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this. Yes, you should. <laughs> no, <they got laughs> I mean, we played Mardi Gras. I mean, we played in a. Uh, Louisiana and Baton Rouge and I remember the tour manager guy in the morning they had they run up down, down the streets looking for him because you know, they <laughs> laying down in the, in the alleys or something I mean they just drink and I don't know but they were cool and great people they just, they just partied and not with drugs, just alcohol they just drank a lot and had a good time I, mm-hmm. I don't want to make it sound like a, I'm putting a bad light on them. They're just, they, I'm not saying it as a compliment. They were, they were hard partying rock and rollers. And it's it amazing because they're such, such good musicians. Yeah. Kev, go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm a musician myself, and I play in a band. And I just want to know if you have any advice for younger musicians who perhaps want to follow in your footsteps. Well, anytime I talk to somebody younger, I just tell them, do uh, do, uh, work hard and stay away from drugs. I I made a mistake of make some bad choices that that will that will stop your career dead cold so if you want to if you want to you know you at least have a chance do what you like to do about music don't try to don't try to copy anybody else use your influences but just play whatever makes you feel like a feel like we got on stage and how it comes out you know some people are going to hate you and some people are going to make fun of you but if you stick with that you, the people will find you and the people will like whatever you're hearing in your head They'll come. That that's that's, you know, it takes a while. But if you can if you can stay, you know, if you can stick it out and put up with all the people not liking you and making fun of you and all that stuff, it pays off in the end because you'll find a, an audience that will stick by you, you know, even when times are bad. Uh, Henry Lee Summer, yeah. our guest. Couple minutes left with him. Hey, so Henry Lee, the word on the street is you are a pretty good high school basketball player. Can you mm-hmm. confirm that? Well, I'm the one that's been spreading that around. <laughs> I think it, I got a full ride scholarship, believe it or not, to uh, Rock Springs, Wyoming. Wow! And I went, and I went out there, and, and there were people on the team that you know from towns nobody ever heard of. Music just like all of them are like ten million times better than I ever could be. I mean, little guys like be five foot seven could. Tommy Hawk slammed against the ball. I mean, what, how, what can I do for something like that? You know? Now you you played but, at Brazil High School, correct? Correct. Yeah, uh, I graduated nineteen ninety three. What? Seventy three. That sounds more more like it. I don't want to date you. Uh, any memories? You know, that's of, my, 50, my fifty year reunion this year. Can you believe it? Fifty years. Well, so that, that came into my final question that I, that I was going to ask, you, and we so appreciate your time today. Um, do you, you, do you still enjoy it? You still be out enjoy being out and about and being in front of the people? It's a Seriously, it, there's nothing in my whole life. That, I mean, besides the love of family and, and all that stuff, you know, the, the, the obvious stuff. But anything else, there's not. I'm completely like a one trick pony. Music, I love it. I mean, just yeah. There's. I mean, I wait. I would play for this. I would play for free. They didn't pay me. I still play. Don't say that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because sometimes it happens. But, you know, I love. I love it in a. As I get older, the more I appreciate just being able to still do it, because I'm not. I, I promise myself that I don't. I, I, much as I love it, I don't want to keep doing it if I can't at least rock. You know, if I don't have the intensity to get up there and rock. I mean, maybe I can't hit every note, or something, but if I if I get the point to where I'm just like a, you know, like a, a pale invitation to myself, I'm not going to do that to myself. The great Henry Lee Summer. I'm still rocking right now, though. I still got it. Yeah, you sure do, man. Like I said, I saw you last year. You guys were awesome. And, man, we just really appreciate you, the great Henry Lee Summer, spending a few few minutes with us today here on the Kendall and Casey Show. You're the best. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. That was the great Henry Lee Summer. And, you know, before the interview, Casey, Mm -hmm. Henry Lee told this blew blew me away. He listens to our show. I know. I know. You know what? Henry Lee, we would love a custom Kendall and Casey 
jingle. Oh, well, that, that would be, a that'd be, song, that'd be so great. Maybe something specific to WIBC, a bumper song, bumper music. We'll, we'll play it nonstop. How, well, and we say this all the time about <laughs> our show, the amount of people who listen. And how wild is that to know Henry Lee Summer, who I've listened to his music 10,000 mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. he's just rolling around Central Indiana and Kendall and Casey's yeah. on his radio. He's, he's playing us and we're playing him. It's very symbiotic. All right. Well, thank you, Rob. And thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And Kevin booked th- that interview, by I the know, way. Kevin. Great job, Kevin. Excellent thank you. job, Kevin. And thank you for listening. We're going to catch you back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.